0: hello welcome to the introduction um for this week's super divorce Supercast, where we're gonna talk about they live yeah we are we're gonna we're gonna talk about they live
1: um we're gonna go we're gonna go off a couple tangents like we sort of try to avoid but also welcome mm-hmm. very heartily um and
0: it's gonna be awesome and, uh, what are, what are some of the tangents we go off on? What do we, we talk about, uh, we talk about parenting a little bit.
1: Yeah. We kind of rehash our parenting podcast from a, a while back, yeah. but we, you know, we, we talk about how today's parents are dipshits. <laughs> I'm not even a parent and I think they're dipshits, <laughs> but talk about that. Um, talk about adventures mm-hmm. and, uh, lazy people.
0: Yeah adventuring out for items that you want in the world and not just sitting around and having amazon do all the work for you uh, but if you're
1: gonna have amazon do it don't go out looking for it in the first place yeah and then not go 10 minutes farther right like just have amazon do it and be a lazy piece of shit right
0: just pick one yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: i mean i order a lot from ebay and amazon but i order weird movies
0: i i have amazon prime and get good use out of it but it's typically for things i know i'm not going to find in a store. exactly yeah yeah so stuff like that and some other things Hmm. and um i guess yeah check us out on facebook at facebook.com slash superdivorce our, uh, our old .com official website, com, and on our homepage, scroll down to the bottom and sign up for our email list so you can keep in touch, get all the news immediately when it breaks. Uh, we're going to have a lot coming out soon here, so get on board with that. Yeah,
1: we start recording in just over a month. Yeah. Just over a month, people. We're being serious. We're going to be up in Michigan for, uh, what, three weeks in a row? Mm-hmm. Three weeks in a row fucking recording a new album for you. So, you know, we're not lying when we say, like, give us your email. We're not going to, like, spam the shit out of your inbox. No. But we will send you news and updates as, you know, as things are happening and things are happening. So if you want to be a part of it, be a part of it. And if not, then, you know, why are you then listening? Why are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: what else? Uh, personal pages personal pages uh instagram twitter snapchat just look up nicholas villars and you'll find me
1: uh on instagram i am at bender butt and on twitter which i like am so bad about now and i am a uh, bender butts and on snapchat i'm benders butt so look me up on all those probably mostly instagram it's my favorite
0: so let's see anything
1: else any other places to check us out uh...
0: Uh, i guess if you want to if you want to do the band on instagram it's yeah it's super, super divorce, divorce band. band and then super divorce on twitter yeah and snapchat but that's a rare thing yeah. these days
1: so we'll probably you I bet you will use utilize Snapchat a lot when we're recording. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, still follow us and you'll get some juicy goodies yeah.
0: eventually. Yeah. Some gushers. Some <laughs> some gushers. <laughs> and with that, enjoy this week's episode. Yeah, enjoy chefs. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Hey there, man. Welcome to the Super Horse Supercast. Nicholas here. And Bender. Today, we're going to talk about 1988's They Live. Starring Roddy Piper. Yes. And Keith David. The John Carpenter film. A, a John Carpenter film. And uh, one that, right off the bat, you thought was uh, maybe on his weaker side.
1: Only, yeah, I mean, I... This coming from somebody who is a Carpenter fan, but not a Carpenter fanboy. Yeah. Like, I've seen a number of his movies. I enjoy them. But I'm not, like, you know, jizzing my pants over him or anything like that. I got to meet him one time, and it was really, really cool because he is such a legend. But I, I just kind of... Was I was thinking about it earlier today, and I was like, I feel like They Live has sort of a classic '80s flow to it, where they really there's really not a whole lot to the plot. I mean, it's kind of just like, well, Roddy Piper's this guy, mm-hmm. and a drifter. He's a drifter. And nothing really happens for the first little bit of the movie, except he gets a job on a construction site, and he, there's some weird things going on at the
0: church across the street. He goes and uh, stays at the little shanty town yeah. they have set up with one of the guys he's working with at the construction site. Who's also a, a kind of a drifter. He's from Detroit. Yeah. And he's
1: got a wife and kids back home, but he had to come wherever they are to get a job. But then, like, it's all just kind of like la da in the movie. And then he finds a pair of glasses and puts them on, and he can see aliens. And then it's just like, well, what are we going to do about these here aliens? And then that's the whole rest of the
0: movie. They were apparently making the glasses at the church across the street. Yeah, they were. Across the street from the shanty town where all the homeless people in the area were staying.
1: Some of the, uh, the organizers of the shanty town are involved in this, um, rebellion against them. Yeah. Uh, who are corrupting, you know, people's minds and getting them to stay in line basically so that they can just easily take over the world.
0: Much like, you know, the, um, much like the old Romero films. Yeah. It's, it's more of a social commentary. Yeah than, you know, just like a, I don't know. There's not a whole lot of gore or anything in it. Um, no. So it's not. I, I feel like it's another one that people will mention. Um, sometimes when you're talking about, like, 80s zombie movies, even though it's not really at all, it's not it's not a zombie movie. It's definitely it's,
1: No, it's definitely not a zombie movie. I would even, I think it's even kind of a stretch to consider it a horror movie.
0: Yeah, it's, it's more sci-fi. Yeah. yeah but sci-fi it's just like action
1: it's kind of like because Carpenter's name is on it
0: you yeah. know
1: even though he's done many other sci-fi you know uh, movies you know they live pops up at horror conventions all the time and and stuff like that and you know the aliens are kind of creepy looking i mean yeah. i think they're really cool they're very interestingly designed you have the mask right i do have a mask i have a they live mask um but I, I think it gets thrown in with horror more than it does kind of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. Like, it's, I don't care. It's, it could go either way. Yeah, it can
0: really go either way. Um, also in the movie is uh, Meg Foster, mm-hmm. who plays Holly, um, the lady that he uh, has drive him away from the cops that are chasing him right when when the first group of yeah. aliens find out that he can see them with his glasses, he right. ends up flagging a, a lady down in a parking garage and then um, has her give him a ride away from the city and to her home where she proceeds to throw him <laughs> out <from> the window <laughs> over a balcony. And, yeah,
1: and down a huge hill. Yeah. Like, the whole time I was trying to
0: figure out, like,
1: where they were.
0: I, I, I was thinking maybe uh, San Francisco. yeah. Because there were a few shots of like the sloping city streets, and uh, you got like the streetcars, yeah, you know, or the trolleys, whatever you want to call them.
1: That's that's kind of what I was thinking too, um, or or at least California mm-hmm. for
0: sure. Um, but but I was gonna say real quick, Meg Foster uh, was also in one of my other favorite '80s movies, and that's the Masters of the Universe movie. Oh, really? Yeah. And more recently, she was in 31. 31, yeah. yeah.
1: I didn't I didn't make that connection until I just saw her on IMDb. And yeah. I saw her picture, and I was like, oh,
0: yeah, okay. I feel like her eyes are very recognizable.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because she looks much... I think she looks much different. At least her character in 31 yeah. is a far cry from uh, what she looks like in They Live. But yeah. you're right, her... You can tell immediately when you look at her eyes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, another thing about the movie that I, it's not a, it's, it's not a, a weak movie. It's just like, sometimes I feel like there's not a whole lot going on. Like there's really only three characters and it's like you have Roddy Piper's character who's never named throughout the whole film. You only know at the very end, when the credits roll, that his name is Nada. Mm -hmm. But you have Nada, and then you have Frank, Keith David's character, and then Holly, Meg Foster, and then then they're probably the main characters, and Holly isn't really even in it very much at all. Like, she's in three scenes, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, it's mostly like the, the, the majority, if not all of the movie is just, okay, what's Roddy Piper going to do next? Mm
0: -hmm. Which I guess is kind of the draw to watching it. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind. Like he's, he's funny and the fight. I think my favorite scene is the fight scene between him and, uh, what's his face? Keith. Keith. Yeah. That, that's a great scene because there are so many times when in other movies, I feel like it would have been over. Oh yeah, like after maybe the first ten seconds uh-huh. in other movies, but it it hits like a stopping point and then it'll start again. Yep. and it does it like between five and ten times. You know, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, I, mean, I I just I
1: just read, but apparently, um, Roddy and Keith choreographed that whole fight scene, mm-hmm. uh, and they actually did every hit except for face and groin hits Mm -hmm. everything else was like real um but they choreographed it like in john carpenter's backyard and it took him like three weeks and like many movie directors john carpenter did intend for the scene to only last like 20 seconds it was like a 20 second fight that he had written out he's like all right you guys are just gonna like beat each other up and then put the glasses on but they rehearsed this whole thing and he was so impressed that he kept it and it's like a five and a half minute yeah. fight
0: scene. Well, that's what you get with having Piper in there. Yeah, as a wrestler. Yeah. I mean I mean that's what he did. Yeah. I, I remember watching uh, an interview with Carpenter, and someone the guy asked him, like, So did did Roddy Piper's background in wrestling play into the fight scene and they live it all? And he's like, Of course it did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much why it's in there. Yeah. <laughs> I just love how condescending he is all the time. It's yeah. Just, Carpenter ask, doesn't
1: give two fucks when you interview him.
0: I feel like if you ask a dumb question, he's going to make you realize how stupid your yeah. question really was. You yeah. know? He was, uh, apparently,
1: Piper was cast after John Carpenter watched him in WrestleMania 3. Mm hmm. He enjoyed his performance, so he cast him in that. And then uh, Keith David was also in the Thing. Yeah. So when he was looking for a counterpart to Roddy Piper, uh, he he remembered Keith from the the production of the Thing and wrote Frank specifically for Keith David. So it it you know like reading up on it, it kind of seems like it was a little bit of a tight production. Yeah. I mean, especially with like you know, the limited characters, especially characters that actually have names. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the plot of the movie and the flow of
0: everything, like it really is a movie about Roddy Piper. Yeah. And there are only a few scenes that I can think of that, um, might've really boosted the budget demands up, you know, uh-huh. like the scene where all the, where you had all the police storming. Yeah. The, the, you know where the hobos lived, and they bulldoze everything. You know, Right. I'm sure that probably cost a good deal to set set all that up and
1: knock it down.
0: Yeah, and then also the ending with the explosion. Uh huh. That was because back then, then you don't just CGI the explosion, and you're really blowing shit up. So right. Uh, but. but um, but other than that, I mean,
1: everything is pretty. You know, I feel like I bet you they saved. A lot, because whenever he puts on the glasses and looks through them, everything's black and white. Yeah,
0: you know, so yeah. there's something right there. Back when you're using film, uh huh, I'm sure that that probably uh, that discounted things a little bit. Anyway, I'm trying to see if uh, they have. Let's see, the budget was only four million. Yeah, so I mean, compared to what some movies are spending on. On their production oh, yeah. these days, that's like chump change. It's for real, and it ended up making thirteen million, so that's a pretty good return. Yeah,
1: I think it's kind of a it's it's a it's a gem of a movie. I think it's it's kind of like it's a good one.
0: It it's a good one to pull out every once in a while. Yeah, it's a. I feel like it's a good one that you could put on, just. A good background movie uh-huh. where maybe you're doing something and a certain scene has you stop as you're crossing the room and you end up watching it for five minutes and off. Of it. But I, I'd watch it again, you know, so yeah. I'd sit down and watch it. I watch it with Lazarus, my son. And he loved it. <laughs> after, after the movie was over, he went into his playroom and he got a, a pair of sunglasses and he came in. And he's like, let's play the movie. <laughs> he, he put them on and he's like, you're an alien. I could see you. And, and I was like, oh, oh he, he can see us. He can see us. Get him, <laughs> get him. And then he just like pulled out the, the pistol and started blasting me. Oh, you my know? God. <laughs> he's like, now you're another one. I was like, okay, I'll do a few. Yeah. <laughs> he would have just kept going all day. But then we uh, we walked over to his grandma's house, and the whole way there he was looking through his glasses, like <laughs> taking them on and off. Yeah, as cars drove by, there was one. There was one. Oh
1: my god, that's hilarious! Yeah. Another another eighties uh, movie that I feel like, or or really another horror movie, so to speak, that's mm-hmm. really suitable for kids. I mean, yeah. it's really not. It's not that bad not bad of a movie no you know there's a lot of there's a a, probably like a 20 minute shootout at the end (laughs) of it you know starting with like the raid on the um rebel camp yeah so to speak and then but
0: pretty tame as far as like showing blood oh yeah yeah a lot of the the gunshot scenes it's just like a person grabbing their stomach and falling over. It's very Western. Yeah. It's
1: that, it's that great, like over exaggeration. And it's what, it's a, it's a spray and pray movie. Yeah. Like every time there's, there's enemies, they just like (laughs) spray their gun back and forth very quickly. And they all just kind of like fall over. Mm -hmm. I loved, uh, the one particular one that was hilarious was when they were running through the alley and uh there were the dudes like on the roof or whatever uh like R- Roddy Piper like shoots this one guy and he just like slowly opens his arms as if he's like Jesus on the cross <laughs> or something <laughs> and then just like jumps off the building it's it's so great so uh over exaggerated
0: yeah. and ridiculous it fits the tone of the movie though yeah it's definitely not one that takes itself too seriously, no. you know. So, it's cheesy and it plays it up, which is good. You know, there's not no trying to cover up exactly what it is. Right. Um, yeah, and then besides the you know the gun battles, you get some coarse language here and there, but. It's, but it's not, like, it's really not very, like, enunciated
1: or anything. It's just yeah. kind of, you know, n- like, normal conversation in passing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is really fucked. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, I mean, I feel like, you know, your kid's probably going to recognize, but hopefully they're smart enough to, like, know that they're not supposed to go to school and yeah. repeat that. That's what
0: you're supposed to teach them as a parent. Right. Um, I love the scene when he first realizes like what's going on when he walks into the supermarket uh, and like he s- starts talking shit to the lady. <laughs> yeah. at the
1: you're <laughs> ugly. Yeah. And he takes his glasses off and looks at the other lady and he's like, you're fine. Yeah. This one over here formaldehyde face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guy, the clerk's just like, Hey man, that's enough yeah. from you. Yeah so
0: it's it really is it's, it's good silly movie. it made me like watching it though I was a little bummed out that like I feel like Piper had potential to be like a bigger action star to be honest with you yeah, I think so like you think of a lot of wrestlers that have tried acting and it's usually not too good. I think but the it, rock
1: like, is about the only
0: one that. Yeah has really kind of made a, a career out of it. I mean, Hogan tried and he had like a few movies Yeah, that did okay. Right. Like Suburban Commando. Oh have you ever God. seen that? No. Oh God. <laughs> we'll have to watch that sometime and, and talk about it. Alright. That's a good one. Suburban Commando. It's with Hogan and Christopher Lloyd. Okay. Christopher Lloyd plays the dad and Hogan's like a futuristic I can't even remember the plot all the way. He, something like Hogan's, a futuristic sci-fi dude from uh-huh. outer space, and he shows up and tries to assimilate into this family. And I, I don't remember. <laughs> Early nineties schlock. Sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know other other wrestlers. Oh fuck! I read um, that the Miz yeah. is. Have you, did you hear about this?
1: Yeah, he's going out
0: for. Booster Gold. Booster Gold. Yeah. Who I know nothing about. He's, he'd be perfect. Really? Yeah. I've only read a little bit of Booster Gold, like back when I was really into uh, the uh, Blackest Night uh-huh. and Brightest Day. He was fairly a big part of those uh, arcs, but he would be perfect because he's just kind of a douche. You know? <laughs> 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 I really think that he'd do a good job my my very limited knowledge
1: of booster gold I think the miz kind of looks like him yeah yeah
0: which which would be cool that'd be fun it'd be interesting if he he was playing booster gold and then you had the rock as black Adam uh is he supposed to play black Adam yeah is he uh-huh
1: that would be cool yep yeah. I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed is he playing black adam in justice league in superman 2 who
0: what's he in whatever, Shazam? in whatever they're you know whatever they're gonna put him in yeah. that's who's playing him whatever they're calling their cinematic universe i don't know okay so I,
1: he's playing it in the dce game. yeah yeah as as first as dc I know. c dcu, D-C-U. D-C- i don't D-C- fucking know DCMU? Movie Universe? Yeah. That might be it. DCMU. I, I don't know. Anyways, well, that's cool. I think I've heard that, but I that actually makes a lot of sense. He kind of looks like Black Adam. Yeah. The way Black Adam is normally drawn. I think he'll do a good job. I hope they do something rad where, like... It's a different person. And then... Does Black Adam have the same, like, deal as Shazam where he has to, like, say something and he...
0: I don't or know is he to be always, with you. I haven't read much of him. So... Okay. I'd have to look it up.
1: The only the only thing I've ever seen with Black Adam was, like, the Shazam animated movie. hmm And... Because I think, like, within DC, like, Shazam is supposed to be as powerful as Superman. It's just like he's just not always Superman yeah you know he's he's also a child who has magic powers that turn him into Shazam.
0: Uh, yeah I was trying to find it real quick to see if he uh, if he has to transform or not. I don't know. He's got... It looks like a very long history here. So I'm not sure what's going on with him right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
1: Well, so, I was just going to say real quick, um, you know, speaking of like Roddy Piper's acting career, um, you know, when you watch the movie, his acting is like no better or worse... Maybe better, but it's, like, no worse than, like, Schwarzenegger and the Terminator movies. No, not at all. I That's, mean...
0: Because I, th- I told you earlier this is the first time I'd ever sat down and watched it. Uh-huh. And I just had in my mind... I I felt like I was going to like it. Yeah. But I didn't expect his acting to be on the level that it was. Not right. that he's, like, winning an Oscar with that movie or anything, yeah. but just from the opening scene where he's, like, walking across the train tracks kind of a few little things he does where he like kind of readjusts readjusts his, uh his denim yeah. a little bit, you know, his denim coat and then he like
1: walks over to that uh steaming pothole and like warms his hands yeah. over
0: it, you know. Just like the way he kind of looks around and observes things, it it seems like he's a more seasoned actor right than a pro wrestler who just jumped in to a Hollywood movie and and tried his hand at it, you know. Yeah. But I guess in a way the wrestlers who are doing a good job are acting if they're taking it seriously. So yeah, I mean, typically people kind of, uh, put wrestling acting at, I guess at the lowest point in the totem pole of acting. But
1: yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would be lying if I said I wasn't guilty of that at some point. Yeah. But you know, after, especially after like experiencing more of it, mm-hmm. it, it seems much more, you know, difficult than you, like, initially think. Like, you not only have, you know, you have to stick to a character, but there's also improvising that goes along with
0: it and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So it really is, like, an art form. And delivering new stuff every week. Yeah. You know, with not much time. I, I, From the way that Vince McMahon works, a lot of times they're doing rewrites, like, an hour before the show starts. And then they'll just give them what they have to do. Uh It's like, all right, here's what you got to do tonight. And Uh so, and, and in wrestling, just like within the movie world, you do have guys and girls who are better than others. Yeah. So some are great at delivering promos and others. You want them to stay far away from the (laughs) mic.
1: Well, and you know, also on, on his acting, uh, I read that, the classic line, you know, if you've never seen They Live, you've probably heard the line, uh, I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Um,
0: but that line even was ad-libbed by Piper. It was it was his. Um, yeah. Did you read the the story of how that like worked into the movie? Like, no, he...
1: but all, all I read was that it was something he had thought of yeah. for his wrestling mm-hmm. and he worked it into them he ad-libbed it at that scene in the movie
0: yeah i guess like carpenter um was looking for some good one-liners or something for him mm-hmm. to say in the movie and he was like well i've got this notebook yeah full of shit that i've come up with <laughs> and he said i i read that line and i was like i'm using that you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because like
1: I you know I told you downstairs the scene that it comes in it it really doesn't exactly fit what's happening. I mean it does and especially like what happens you know after he starts to kick ass. Yeah. But I feel like sometimes in movies, you know, the really classic lines are delivered at like very pivotal points mm-hmm. in a movie and this, probably the most remembered line, is just... It It feels like it's just kind of tossed in there, like...
0: Because it's not after he's been kicking ass for, like, yeah, the entire movie. Yeah, exactly. Which is... I assumed that was when it was going to happen. Uh, uh, like, having never seen it, but knowing that that line was in the film, I figured that was going to be, like, his big thing, like, three-quarters of the way through. He's, like,
1: standing shirtless with two a gun in each hand, yeah. you know, and he, like stands on a pile of bodies and somebody like, you know, a giant alien is like, Why are you here? Why are you doing this? And then he like says that line. Yeah. You're like, yeah, like (laughs) kick their asses. But it's not like
0: that at all. No, it's
1: it's the complete opposite. Yeah. It's it's after he's only killed two at this point and it was kind of sort of by accident, out of necessity almost and then he just like steals their guns and happens to walk into a bank and then line and yeah. you're like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> guess we're gonna do this. Guess, guess we're gonna guess you're gonna kick ass now." And then he pretty much for the rest of the movie. Then he then he kicks ass.
0: I'm, but it, you know what? It is kind of like a transformation in his character. Yeah. Because up to that point, he almost has, like, this kind of hopeful innocence about him. He even where, says uh, to Keith at one point, to um, Frank, Frank, yeah, he's, like... After, when Frank's, like, kind of bitching about how bad of a time he's having in life. Yeah. And, like, getting laid off, and there's no place to work, and these crooks are taking all our jobs from us, and blah, 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 and then, you know... yeah
1: and then uh you know nada is just kind of like well i just you know i just let life come to me you know just play by the rules and eventually everything will be fine yeah and then come to find out that the rules are being constantly altered and even written by these uh overlords from the andromeda galaxy (laughs) Yeah, and
0: then kind of uh, all caring goes out the window at that point. So I guess maybe, maybe it does make sense when you examine it that way. Yeah. Because he's just had this revelation where he's like, well, shit. I... <laughs> 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 he's like looking at everything, you know, and seeing the hidden messages, the subliminal messages and all the ads and obey. Yeah. Marry and reproduce. Uh, uh, submit. Watch TV, watch TV, <laughs> yeah. Consume, consume, mm-hmm. consume all that stuff. So I don't know. It's
1: uh, you know, the, obviously the movie is huge. is a, is a huge commentary on on the class
0: system, yeah, in America. Consumer culture, can, yeah, kind of the same. I felt like it had a similar uh, theme. To like Dawn of the Dead, yeah, where the zombies, you know, shambling around the mall, were just like representative of the mindless throngs of people (laughs) just out at shopping centers, just buying, going from thing to thing that they didn't really need, right. Uh, But
1: I don't know. I think it delivers that commentary in in a way that was probably. Uh, more prevalent in the 80s I mean there's still kind of like you you know you wonder sometimes like why you know why am I here working real hard and there's people just sitting pretty you know Mm -hmm. not really doing anything but still it's just you know it's just life yeah I I did want to point out uh, a while back on on the podcast you know we were talking about Probably came up when we talked about Chud, but uh, They Live falls into that gritty 80s city movie. Yeah. Like, everything is just dirty. Yeah. And you, like, there's no reason for it to be dirty, but it is. Yeah. So, if, if you know, if you guys want to watch a movie like that, you know, see what I've, I've mentioned before about these, like, grimy city, you know, New York horror movies... They Live is a good place to start. It's not set in New York, but it's it's it, the exact same feel. Yeah. It's it's homeless people. Homeless everywhere. people was a big thing yeah. in the 80s. Like, every city horror movie is has, like, homeless is, like, the central theme. Mm-hmm. Even, even, like, RoboCop, homeless people were, like, a yeah. big deal.
0: Yeah. Well, that's Detroit. Yeah. And, you know, that's... Was... That's, I think, still a big problem there. Yeah. Much more than some other cities.
1: Well, way point. to go, society. The 80s tried to wake us up, and <laughs> y'all, nothing happened. So thanks for that. <laughs>
0: um, I, uh, I did drive about an hour to pick up the Blu-ray, <laughs> the Shout Factory. Yeah. Blu-ray, um, because no one carried it in this area. I called about, no joke, probably like 20 different places, and the, finally the Newport Barnes & Noble had one copy, so I went out there and picked it up, and uh, I do want to dive into the special features. There's a, there's a commentary with John Carpenter and Piper. Yeah, that sounds really cool.
1: I, uh, I'd like to listen to that as well. After watching it a second time, I I would like to pick up the Blu-ray because I have it on DVD. Yeah, but uh, the of course you know the the Screen Factory Blu-ray would be another another fine addition to the collection. Yeah, it's one I've looked at before too, but having only seen it once, um, I just wasn't sure about like getting it. But now definitely I I would like to pick it up for sure. it's a a fun movie kind of sits up there
0: with uh, Night of the Comet Mm -hmm. for me a little bit that's what I was thinking it has a very similar uh, tone to Night of the Comet yeah and I think a little more I would say quite a bit more action than Night of the Comet does but still still it kind of seems like it's targeting the same audience not really, it doesn't really take itself seriously yeah
1: it's just kind of a fun, you know, silly movie that's... That really is like it's trying to send you a message. Yeah. You know, it's not subtle about yeah, that. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. But... You um, have to be a film student to no, uh, figure that out. Not even. Not even a little. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's room for a sequel if uh, Carpenter ever felt like it.
1: I don't think Carpenter feels like doing anything <laughs> these days. No,
0: but maybe uh maybe if his son wants to make movies at some point i'm pretty sure his son's a musician i but it doesn't surprise me because i think they they were on tour together yeah well
1: carpenter i think did the music for they live he was in the opening credits as Mm -hmm. the um composer composer that's right yeah couldn't think of it um yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I, I, I'd love a sequel. I think it would be fun if, like. It would be fun to see the uh,
0: aftermath of.
1: Yeah, like, what if there's a, what if, there it's yeah, what if it's not, they do it nowadays, but it's not a remake. It is a straight up sequel. And it's like how uh, the world then has to deal with, you know, the revelation from the end of the film. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do?
0: That would be kind of interesting. You know, you could either pick up now, or you could just make a a retro sequel. Yeah, that would be Since fun. That's, that's be hip f- these days, you know. Be fun too, because the movie does end very abruptly. Yeah, I and I would like to see that. To be honest with you, I would much rather see like franchises start picking up where films left off in like the 70s or 80s and just continue the story right because you can Uh uh-huh i don't think there's no reason you can't we don't need to continue rebooting everything you know especially with like access to the originals being so easy these days Uh uh-huh chances are if there's a sequel to a movie that came out in like 1978 anyone who's interested could go and watch the original on some streaming site probably today yeah no matter what it is so it's not like people wouldn't have an opportunity to figure out what's going on yeah Uh, what did I read there I read they're gonna remake uh, The Great Outdoors did you ever see that movie?
1: no but I know what it is with John Candy
0: and uh Dan Aykroyd Dan Aykroyd yeah read the the remake is gonna star Kevin Hart I'm just like like I don't I don't get remaking comedies like that. No. I don't get remaking there's, overboard which they're doing. It just doesn't There's like
1: I you can remake horror like day in and day out because you know, you can it can always be somebody else under the mask. Mm-hmm. You know, certain characters, we all know the Freddy remake, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake wasn't that good because Robert Unglund didn't play Freddy. There's exceptions, sure. But, you know, you can put just about anybody under that mask or uh, under in that makeup, and they can kill any amount of faceless teenagers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, sh- like, sure, remake horror... All day long. I don't care. Um, even if I don't watch the remake. But comedies, I don't understand. Like, you are... Everything in a comedy movie is associated so closely with the actors in it. Yeah. Because, like, you know, Christmas Vacation is funny because it's Chevy Chase. You right. Know? Or, like... I, I I don't know, I mean, you know, Billy Madison. Yeah, it's funny because it's Adam Sandler. If you put, remade Billy Madison and put anybody else in that role, it would be ridiculous. But I could
0: see them doing it. I, yeah, hey, I guys, guess. this is going to be great. We've got Billy Madison starring James Franco. And yeah. Like, I like James Franco, but yeah. I don't need a Billy Madison remake. Right. we don't need comedy remakes in my opinion. It's no. It's just... Unless there's something, unless you're going to do something so different than the original where like, I don't know, where the story would benefit in some fashion by being done in modern times. Uh-huh. But I, you know, to redo something that came out in like the late 80s today, Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of difference between then and now but not enough to warrant a remake of a movie in my opinion no i feel like if you grabbed like a classic comedy from the 1940s and wanted to do it in 2017 that's a little different because the times are so drastically different
1: well it's like that, that that's like uh, remaking um i don't know what i think it came out in the 90s maybe early 2000s but rat race yeah was a remake of it's a mad, 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 mad world. Yeah, but so like same thing. But that's ex- exactly what you're talking about. The first one came out in in probably the 50s. Yeah, and then they didn't remake it until the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah.
0: So remaking something 20 years later is just unnecessary. No. And I feel like comedies. Not saying that. I would be able to sit down and write one tonight, but I feel like if you wanted to, you could you could find a comedian or a few comedians out there who are active, if you really want a comedy, you could probably go to them and say, hey, we want an original comedy movie that people are going to be into yeah. in 2017, in and I feel like-, like that would be much better than saying, hey, remember." overboard with kurt russell and goldie hahn yeah and the charm of the movie was like the fact that they were together in real life and it was kind of cute seeing them on film as this like odd couple and yeah there's a whole lot more that went into it than just uh chick falls off a boat and then (laughs) this guy picks her up yeah And, and now with the new one i read that it's like oh well the genders are reversed so the rich guy falls off the boat and then is saved by the girl. So? Okay. Like, that's all, is that all you got? You know? (laughs) And who are, the actor is a dude, I I can't even remember his name, and the, uh, the lead actress is the girl who was in Scary Movie. What's her name? Anna Faris? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I'm just like,
1: I'm not, I'm not jumping at the chance (laughs) to
0: see that movie. Yeah. That version of Overboard might be dead in the water. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So you were talking about writing comedy movies. Yeah, writing (laughs) comedy movies. That's how easy it is right there.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: I feel like comedy is like is would be something that would be difficult to write on your own though. Like I imagine almost every comedy movie that comes out, it's like a team of writers, much like they do, you know, television shows like even like like South Park and Family Guy and stuff. They're like they alternate yeah. their writing staff I feel to, like, to well, bring fresh content
0: in because with a comedy it's easier to get that the good ideas flowing, I think when you're talking to at least one other person, right? Because you're kind of shooting the shit and it's like, Oh, but what if this happened? And then, then your friend thinks of something that could improve that. And then you start cracking up together. It's, I feel like that's a, I, it's not uh, really an experience that I can recall having with myself. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what if, Oh, (laughs) 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 start cracking myself up.
1: The only time I make myself laugh is when my mom and I, uh, out pun each other. Yeah. That's, that's, that's about the only time I'll make myself laugh. Cause I'll be like, oh, this one's going to be fucking good. <laughs> uh,
0: every now and then when I'm writing a blog post, I'll make myself. Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> or if I read one, just I'll click on something. I was like, what did I write on January 2nd, 2012? Yeah. And I was read it. It's just some Fucking stupid story yeah. that I don't remember writing. I'll make myself chuckle over. It's a, it's a good time.
1: <sighs> yeah. <sighs> well. Wow. So. Any last last word on They Live? Um
0: This might be topical. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> I just did. It. I just popped myself, as they say, in the wrestling business. Made myself chuckle just there. <laughs> I uh, just wanted to share my latest blog post with you guys. Did you read this one? No, you not, read any no, no. This is from uh, Tuesday, April twenty fifth. This story is called G- Graham's. Grahamaw. Grahamaw. Yeah. Grahamaw's special goggles. <laughs> There's a post bird I saw flying around town the other day. He was carrying a letter from Pittsburgh, Stencilmania <laughs> Over to Sandristo Barishornia. I know because I used my special goggles to see. See how this is topical? Oh, okay, but yeah. I didn't yeah. even plan this. Yeah, my Graham gifted me them last year for creftus <laughs> and I've been using them a lot since to look at stuff I wouldn't normally be able to see with my naked peepers. Love my Graham and I love my special goggles so that I can see really far away stuff. One time I saw a guy poop his pants. <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's, uh, that's
0: great. excellent. <sighs> it's so good. If you read my blog, that's the kind of things that I <laughs> write on my blog. Yeah. So. Um, and uh, let's see, final thoughts on, on the flick from this week. Um, I will watch it again. And, uh... I would say that I am glad I made the trip to pick up the Blu-ray. As I was driving, I did have uh, a thought come to mind, and that's that was that I'm glad that I have not lost the will to have a nice adventure and go and pick up a copy of something that I want. Because so many people, I might have talked about this in the past at some point, but... You know, when I worked at Buybacks or GameStop, someone would come in, they want to f- track down a game or a movie, and it's like, well, we don't have any copies here, but uh, our store in, you know, fuck, Springboro, for instance, they've got one. Oh, how far is that? Oh, it's just like 10 or 15 minutes. No, I'm not going to drive that far. And people would always say that kind of stuff, and it just like got under my skin so much because... I always enjoy that. Yeah. If I go in someplace and they're like, oh, we don't have one, but our store, what, 20 minutes away, they've got one. Oh, great. No problem. That means I can go and pick it up today. Right.
1: Tell them, call them and tell them to hold it for me. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'll be right there. Yeah.
0: And it's exciting. And then yeah. you Zip right over. And that's what I did on the phone when Barnes and Noble told me. It's like, yeah, we have one copy. All right. Can you hold it? Great. Yeah. I will be there this afternoon. That's that. Yeah. And I had a nice little drive, and uh, it's a good time. I bet. You come home with your little loot haul, and <laughs> <laughs> it's an accomplishment. But no, well, I'll just I'll just find it on Amazon, I guess. Then, like, okay. just order it on Amazon in the fucking first place, yeah. dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if I can't find it within five minutes of my house, then it's not worth it.
1: Yeah. Nah. No. Ridiculous. Um,
0: ridiculous yeah but if we're going by the new netflix rating system i give it a thumbs up (laughs) that's that's, that's all you can do now (laughs) thanks to amy schumer what thanks to amy schumer i didn't like her apparently like her special got the leather special or whatever whatever her latest one was okay like it got so many horrible reviews that she got like butt hurt and complained and said that like she was she basically was uh, insinuating that the reason her special got so uh, such low review scores was because she was the target of like right wing men's rights activists who were targeting her special because she's a woman doing comedy and males don't like that and they were picking on her and it seemed to like line up to where very shortly after that netflix was like hey guys we're gonna make rating things much simpler for you now with just a thumbs up or a thumbs down and like all these people were so pissed off because if you're really into rating things you know and you take the time to rate like thousands of movies and shows in a certain star rating right you know that you think about for even a few seconds you put that thought into it then i don't know there's a big difference when you see something that's rated three stars or five right three if you're looking for something that's okay Uh uh-huh but if you see something that's got a five star rating you know a lot of people thought it was really really good yeah now if you just see that something has a thumbs up overall that could be anything eh, yeah it was all right right Eh, i didn't hate it thumbs up (laughs) or best movie i've ever fucking seen thumbs Thumbs up. up you know just
1: yeah that's fair uh i generally though it just personally i never really trusted netflix ratings because they rated there were a number of horror movies that were rated at like a one or two star that are excellent films and there were a number of movies rated at five stars that were terrible such as most recently uh i will say finding dory Mm -hmm. is rated was well i i don't know maybe it wasn't rated at all but i would i would imagine it would be rated five stars Mm -hmm. because it's disney it's pixar and it's dory not a good movie No, I did not care for it Finding Nemo, fine, great Finding Dory, exact same bullshit not any funnier like the whole time I was just like oh my god just do the thing (laughs) that you're supposed to do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's one of those movies where you're just like if you would just stop being stupid you'd be fine just don't do that (laughs) Like you know the whole time the whole time like when is this gonna work out because it's you know it's going to because it's a fucking disney movie yeah so you're just like okay just let's just get to the point here the point is dory finds her fucking family now be happy (laughs) (laughs) so you're just frustrated the whole movie
0: but That's our sidebar sidebar on Finding (laughs) Dory. I'm not, I'm not,
1: I, like, why is Amy Schumer complaining too? She had a fucking TV show. Like, for a comedian, for a stand up comedian, your own TV show is like, that's, you know, that's like, well, and then I guess you can do movies and you become a, but she's in a movie now with Goldie
0: Hawn. She's been in several at this point, you know? I don't know why she's complaining. Like, I just, I've never found her funny, to be honest with you. Some
1: of her stuff on the show is funny. I don't it's, think every bit is like a knee slapper, but I think she nails it from time to time. It's all just, about being a little chubby and having yeah. sex. That's her entire basis for comedy. Just,
0: and being a woman who says. Shouldn't do comedy. Or vulgar things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that, uh, I've not seen the episode but I heard that it's always Sunny did one that kind of ripped into female comics like Amy Schumer where D just starts doing comedy but all she does is get on stage and say like vagina uh, yeah <laughs> like, yeah and everyone just cracks up uh-huh. <laughs> I I
1: remember that episode <laughs> Yeah cuz just it's her, it's her dream to be a stand-up comic and then she gets real vulgar and yeah. like she shoots to the top Yeah That's hilarious. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever.
0: Whatever, Amy Schumer. I feel like that's... Doing that is like... At this point, it's the equivalent of guys who still go on stage and like... Talk about how annoying their wives are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Trying to watch the game and... The wife brings me cookies cookies yeah i don't want cookies right. while i'm
1: watching football bring me some fucking wings woman <laughs> is what i wanted to say but you know i didn't say it because i respect my wife and, oh, stuff. I, I love my wife.
0: <laughs> and everyone's just like ah!
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but when she left the room boy
1: did i think it real hard
0: <laughs>
1: yeah that's there's that's some stand-up comedy for yeah. you that is that's yeah that's that's what that is yeah I don't know if like if you're gonna be funny and like talk about sex like there is a tv show called not safe with Nikki Glazer. she was a stand-up comedian she's on Amy Schumer's show like a couple times like here and there But she had an entire show that was based around talking about sex. But it was fucking hilarious. Not only was it hilarious, it was informative, too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that show got canceled for reasons I will never understand because it was so goddamn good. Well. Oh, well. Whatever. That's... So, uh, make sure to check out They Live because it's a really good movie and it's from the 80s and that's what we're all about so you'll have fun watching it yeah everybody has fun watching roddy piper also watch it in memory of roddy piper because he's no longer with us unfortunately
0: yep rest in peace roddy hot rod yep um and it'd be a good one to watch with uh with a few friends Mm -hmm. even even a few
1: youngins if Mm, you if you're uh privy to that if you're not,
0: like, super uptight, lame. Barred. Yeah, if you don't have a stick up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did I, I, I? Maybe I talked about this on the, on the show already. The person in this Coheed group asking about whether or not they should let their kids listen to Coheed and Cambria. Why would you not let your kid listen to Coheed and Cambria? I guess because of some of the lyrical content and some of the themes within, like, the sci-fi story that Claudio writes because a child
1: is going to totally comprehend. I don't listen to Coheed often, but I do not pick up on every lyric. The first eight times I listen to their song, I still don't know all the
0: words to a favorite house Atlantic. Like shut up. (laughs) 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 So I like, I replied on this post after a lot of people were like, well, um, it's, it's something that you should research and like doing all this shit, like trying to tiptoe and, and make the lady feel nice. And, and I just kind of like went at it and I was, you know, I wasn't disrespectful, but I kind of laid out my argument yeah. as to why I think it's better to introduce your children to certain things that maybe society doesn't recommend. They watch Like, PG-13 movies or, fuck, even some rated R films. When they're five. Yeah, because I did. yeah, And I felt like it it was never a big deal to me because of that. Kids who are never exposed to that kind of thing grow up, and then the first time they see that shit, it's, like, traumatic. Yeah, And they have nightmares for, you know, weeks when they're 12 years old because they've never seen a horror movie. Because they've
1: never seen a horror movie. And then nowadays, the first thing they end up seeing is, like, the hills have eyes remake or some shit and the girl gets like raped and then beheaded or you know whatever and it's like
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i feel like easing into it a little bit no big deal probably advisable yeah and i kind of ended my my uh my post with something like don't be lame (laughs) let your kids listen to coheed yeah and then she wrote back and she was like lame would be if i didn't care lame would be if i wasn't searching for the right thing to do i'm not a lame parent i just care a lot you know and she got all butthurt about it and this other guy chimed in he's like that's okay i don't let my kids listen either because i'm a school teacher and i can't have them going to school saying selfish little whore like Claudio does in one of their songs. And it's like... Or... When I was could... a child, I listened... My mom listened to Alanis
1: Morissette, and we knew all the words as, like, a seven-year-old kid. I knew all the words to, uh, You to Know. Yeah. And as a seven-year-old, or maybe eight even, I don't know how old I was, but I was young, you know, I... Knew and also didn't think anything of it that in the part of the song when she says, Are you thinking of me when you fuck her? Yeah, I would in the car, I would reach forward and turn down the radio and then turn it back up like after that part because I knew that that word was inappropriate. Yeah, but I still, my mom liked the music, I liked the music because you know I was at the mercy of what my parents listened to. (laughs) Yeah. I also listen to, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers and not Californication. Like, I was raised on Blood Sugar Sex Magic. hmm You know? That that album has Suck My Kiss on it. Yeah. But that, that's what I listen to. And it,
0: it's okay. I'm fine. And your mom was a teacher. Yeah, she's, you know? yeah. I feel like that's even more reason why you should be able to let your kids see or listen to certain things that are more adult oriented and be like you don't say this right. i'm going to teach you what this means <laughs> yeah and the proper context for its use and the fact that kids don't say this kind of stuff around adults anyway you know when kids go off with their friends it's a free-for-all right. it's not peanuts it's no, more like south park it is so but i i always knew if I'm, like, walking around with my friends and I go into a store and they're adults, I'm not, like, cursing and being a little shit, you know? Right. I th- you so. know, I don't know. So I think parents today
1: don't give their kids enough credit. No. I think kids are way smarter than we think they are. and And I just mean that in the sense that, like, they are smart enough to differentiate, like you know what's good and what's bad and like what you should and shouldn't say and blah 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 and stuff like that you yeah. know yeah they have slip-ups when they're younger like yeah. my niece when she was like four or something came downstairs and announced that she was ready for her fucking play date <laughs> like they yeah. you know there's a there's a point where they don't get it and then there's eventually a point where they do yeah it just takes you just got to teach them mm-hmm.
0: that's part of it but I guess it's easier to just avoid the whole thing. Yeah. And then you don't have to bother. And
1: then blame everyone else when they mess up.
0: Yeah. Because it's never their own kid's fault. Did you read that blog post from that lady? We posted it on our band page, uh, I think, last week. Where she, like, tried raising her kids the way that her mom did in the 80s for a week. I saw it. I didn't read it, but now I now I want to. Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. But she brings up what you said how she had this moment where she realized like are we uh are we robbing our kids of something because she's like she's the type of mom who's always buying the healthy snacks and always making a nice dinner every night nice healthy dinner and Uh her kids never really have sweets or anything like that and so she for one week just said that she was going to buy her kids all the shit her mom bought when she was growing up. Yeah. So she got them, like, TV dinners and, like, hostess cakes and fruit snacks. Right. Soda to drink uh-huh. and let them sit and watch TV for as long as they wanted to. And, and uh, you know, she was just talking about how they survived <laughs> and how she was uh, explaining to them, like, what she did when she was growing up. When she was their age, you know, like whatever, seven or eight years old. And she talked about how when she was explaining to her kids that when she was little, she would go out with her friends and they would just roam the streets in the neighborhood and go up to different kids' houses and knock on the door and say, oh, can so-and-so come out and play? And, and when she was describing all this, her kids like were staring at her like horror stricken and they were like, that sounds so scary you mean you went out without your parents with you? You know, like they couldn't even right. get their heads around the idea that a little kid of that age could just like go out in the neighborhood and mom and dad would say, come back before it gets dark. Uh-huh. You know, when the street lights come on, get back to the house. But they couldn't like comprehend. They're so scared of someone just coming up and taking them or something horrible happening where that doesn't even register. Right. It's really weird so I'll see if I can read that yeah
1: sounds interesting
0: yeah alright well I guess yeah long windedness aside yeah um they live great movie thumbs up thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> um and uh around we'll see you out of here yeah
1: You know, I just thought of this because we were talking about, you know, like movies and buying and lazy people and blah, blah, blah. Uh, the guy that delivers like hand towels, like linens at work, I got into a brief horror discussion with him today because he asked who dro- drove this car outside it ended up being my car. And he was like, what's the sticker on the back with the girl with her hands? And I was like, Oh, it's Poltergeist. Like it's the, you know, it's the movie cover for Poltergeist. And he was like, Oh yeah. And I was like, I'm a big, huge horror movie fan. And he was like, Oh yeah, me too. But like my wife doesn't like them. And I just like, you know, told him that I was like, I got real lucky because like my girlfriend likes them. But not only that, but we both love French horror movies. It's like our thing, you know? he was like oh french movies really and i was like yeah they're the best and he was like what's the best one and i said martyrs mm-hmm. and he was like oh okay okay is there any play like can i watch it and i was like it's probably too intense for like streaming services like you probably just have to buy it and he was like "Nah, that's a problem and i was like well <laughs> i mean he's not much older he's probably like in his mid-30s yeah i was just like well that's on you man yeah. like if, if you want to watch it cool if not it was a problem
0: that he had to buy it
1: yeah probably because like well and the thing was i did i was kind of like not everybody likes to buy movies yeah. you know i we you and i are huge collectors and we yeah. like having not everybody buys movies so i get it you know i get that but i also feel like you're totally missing out on a lot of stuff mm-hmm. if you if like that's just not an option for you
0: yeah i mean why why not just buy it and then take it to like a secondhand store and sell it back or something you know if you're that concerned about either not having it clutter up your house or not spending the full amount on it yeah uh, i
1: don't know whatever
0: anyways that guy should watch Rye babies he's probably not even really a horror fan he's just making nice conversation (laughs) Yeah, it probably only watches G rated movies. <laughs> <laughs> How lame are G rated movies, by the way? I
1: don't remember the last G rated movie I watched. I think even most animated films I watch are PG.
0: Yeah. I feel like the only G rated movies you ever see are like the ones that are made for the Christian Network. Veggie know, Tales stuff like and that. stuff. Yeah. God, now
1: I want to track down a G rated movie. <laughs> I wonder. i'm sure old disney movies are rated g
0: yeah probably some older ones i'd be interested this would be a good uh topic of discussion at some point to track down and figure out what the edgiest g-rated movie ever released is edgiest all dogs go to heaven is that rated g i don't know there's a depiction of hell in that movie. there is that's scary yeah that might be PG. It might be PG. They might have earned their PG rating with that one. <laughs> <laughs> You guys showed hell. We're going to have to give you the PG. Dude. No! You no. need your parents to see this one, folks. We well, No, they suggest it. Yeah, they suggest that the parents. Parental guidance. So, like, the five-year-old walks in by himself to the cinema and is like, we suggest that you go get your mom and dad. And he's yeah. like, no, I want to watch it by myself. Okay.
1: There's going to be hell to pay.
0: (laughs) We suggested.
1: (laughs) We strongly
0: suggested.
1: Uh, And we strongly suggest that you check us out all over social media and the interweb. Um, You can find us on facebook.com slash superdivorce. um, Twitter at superdivorce. Instagram at superdivorceband. Snapchat at superdivorce. Follow us on Instagram and Snapchat because we'll probably start utilizing it when we're recording. Yeah. But, you know, they're kind of inactive right now, but just, you know, follow us anyways. Um, You can check out our official website, our homepage, our mother base, uh, superdivorceme.com. While you're there, scroll down to the bottom of the page and type in your email to join our mailing list because we've got lots of stuff information and things come in for you when you sign up you'll automatically get a song yeah so that's cool a demo
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh so you'll finally get to hear what we've been talking about for months and months about a new direction and a new sound uh if you want to follow me on social media you can probably find me on facebook because i opened it up to public adding still no assholes mm-hmm. really nobody but um you can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Instagram, at BenderButt, Twitter, at Bender Butts, and Snapchat, at Benders Butt. Nicholas over there is super fucking easy. He's just at Nicholas Villars for all of your social media necessities. Wherever
0: you go, I'm right there for you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that's this week, and we'll be back next week. And um, until then... Hope that you guys have a great time, and uh, go watch They Live.
1: Yeah. Enjoy, chefs.
0: Super Divorce.